Oh, what a great time of worship to be worshiping together. We are in the middle of our Renew initiative, in the middle of our 50 days of renewal and the spiritual journey. If you're just joining us today, maybe for the first time here in person or whether online, this is a time for us to be really taking a time of renewal in the church, in our hearts, renewing our hearts and what God wants to do. Don't we need renewal? We need something fresh. We need our souls alive and renewed in him. Renewal in our, in our passion for the lost, that we would have this focus to say, God, this is what it's about, to help bring hope, to help bring healing, and for us not to be silent, to be bold, to be courageous in sharing the good news of our faith, and the renewal of our church inside and out. And you know what? And God is moving. God is moving in our church, and I'm hearing the stories of what he's doing, and it's been so awesome to see. The scripture that we're, we're looking at is Isaiah 43, 18, and 19. How are you guys doing with that? You've got to be getting it in there right now, right? We've been covering this a lot. We're diving deep in this. So let's say this together. Let's put it up there. Let's, let's read it together. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. I hope this verse is just an encouragement for you that maybe if you're in a time of, of seeking and searching, you're looking for God to do something, to be reminded that he is always doing a new thing. And it's not just something he did in the past or that he'll do in the future. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? It's been so encouraging over these, uh, these weeks, as some of you have been sharing with me in conversation, that God is renewing, that God is doing something in you, that, that he's working we had our time of, of, uh, on Tuesdays where we, we fast lunch and we, we pray, and, and one, of, uh, one of you in the congregation shared with me, I said, how's, how's it going with prayer and fasting? And, and she said, you know what, I'm actually fasting from six to six every day, overachiever, right? <laughs> but, but saying, you know, it's bringing me such peace. It's bringing me a renewed focus on that as I, as I seek God in that and really taking that seriously. Others have shared how you're looking for opportunities as you serve in the community that will put you in proximity with people that just needs God's hope and God's encouragement and saying, I really want to take that seriously. I need to, to engage more with people that don't know Christ. And it's such a powerful example. Others have said, you know what, I've taken a step of, 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 of forgiveness that there's been people in my life and there's someone in my life that has just caused so much hurt and pain for me and, and I've been holding on to that for years and I finally decided I'm going to pick up the phone, I'm going to call and I'm going to forgive. I'm going to cut that, that cord that keeps pulling me back. Those are significant steps of renewal and faith that are happening and I know you have your stories too. And actually we'd love to hear more about the stories of what, what God is doing, the new hope that he's bringing, the forgiveness from the past, the being able to move forward. Let us know about that as we approach Celebration Sunday. We want to hear those stories and celebrate those very things. And so as we look at these different areas of renewal, uh, I mentioned one of them too, again, if you're new or newer, is the renewal of our building inside and out. We want to freshen up this whole place and take care of some things that need to be taken care of because it's not only for now, but we believe God is continuing to move and going to bring a renewal and a revival that is coming into this place of new people and people coming to know and to love Christ, and we want to be ready and prepared for that. And so we have, a, we have six phases that will be taking place over the next three years. You see, maybe you can see them and read that from up there and from back there. But we're going through a lot of different places here. We're going to renew our worship center here, a lot of carpet and paint, those kinds of things, and, and out in our and, and new chairs. And we'll be out in the, the, the parking lots are going to be renewed. Our children's center, which has been serving here for a long time, we're going to tackle that in phase three. Phase four is going to come through the different parts of the building, the common areas and hallways and lobby and cafe. 
And then we've got an, uh, we're going to go outside again with some of the exterior that needs to be done and the new sign and outsides of the building. And then our park kids and our youth areas in phase six. So lots of renewal, all that together, including $5,000 per phase that will go to, out, uh, to, to partners local and global, totals $870,000 that we hope and believe God is calling us to do and to renew and to put our church in a different place to really enable us to fulfill the mission in a different way uh, going forward. So that's what's happening. And so today, I want to talk about this phrase um, in this verse. Every week as we've been going through our, this series, we're looking at one phrase of that verse. And today I want to look at that phrase, do you not perceive it? We're going to talk about renewing our commitment. Do you not perceive it? God says, I'm doing a new thing, but, but are your eyes open to seeing what I'm doing? I love that word perceive, and it has a lot of different kind of connotations, but in some of the historical language that the Bible is written in, it really meant, do you not know it? Are you not aware of it? Are you not seeing what's happening around me? Do you not perceive it? And there's this thing about perception where there can be this idea that something can be happening right in front of us, and two people can perceive it differently, right? Somebody can see it, and somebody else cannot see it. It happens all the time. Maybe you look at, you know, maybe I look at my, my, my kids, and, or you look at, you know, I see a soccer player, and maybe one parent sees their kid and goes, man, they don't know how to play soccer, but maybe as a coach, I can see potential. You see the same thing. I perceive something different in the same, in the same person. And maybe in your own life, God sees something in you, and, and God's working all around us. He's doing something. The question he's asking is, are you aware of it? Are you seeing it? Are you perceiving it? And if so, what do we do with that? Do you know that when, as we're doing this Renew initiative, we're not doing this series and this initiative in hopes that God will bring renewal. He's already doing it. He's doing a good thing. He's doing a great thing. He's bringing renewal among us. And then let me ask you the question, do you perceive it? Or maybe the way the Bible asks it, do you not perceive it? God's doing a lot of things. Did you know that even in this past, uh, not even this past full year, but in this last season, God has brought 52 new people to our church. 52 new people to our church. That is amazing. That is awesome. New things are happening. Getting connected to Discover MPC. That's adults. That's kids. That's youth. Year over year from this October to last October, we're, our attendance is 20% higher than last year in October. 20%. That's significant. That's awesome. God is doing a new thing. We launched, uh, we launched four new life groups. We have 17 life groups. We added 10 new leaders, 42 leaders. Almost 200 people in our church are in life groups connecting with one another. I know that's a lot of numbers all of a sudden, but that's a great thing that's happening. And I've been getting to go around each of these different life groups uh, the, these past couple weeks. I still have a few more to hit. And it's just so awesome to see the life that's happening as you gather in community, in smaller settings, talking about faith, what's God doing, praying for each other. Life is happening all around us. In our student ministry last year, we were running about 17 or so students as we're rebuilding that program. And this fall, we're up to 25 on a regular basis. That's a 46% increase in our student ministry. Let's give that up for Pastor Tim and all the coaches that, that work in that ministry and our student leaders. So many great things. Live Love Sunday this past this summer, we had almost 200 people serving the community from this church, leaving on a Sunday morning going, we're going to roll up our sleeves, we're going to serve. We had over 80 on our team night. That, that, those are the, the people that serve in our congregation, and even though there's more, 80 showed up together to, to celebrate what God is doing. The renewal that's happening in our worship, we're feeling it, we're experiencing it here each and every day, each and every Sunday as we gather. Oh, I'm going to get this guy. He's been flying around here the whole time. Let me see. Is that, is that wrong to kill a bug on a, on a church? I just killed God's creation in front of everybody. I'm sorry. 
<laughs> this is real. This is, I, that was not in my notes. I did not stage that, but I got him. He's, yep, I got him. All right. Renewal, renewal is not happening for that fly. That, well, <laughs> eternal, eternal life. Eternal life now for that fly. All right. Anyway, anyway praise God. A lot of great things happening. <laughs> Renewal. I also wanted to mention some renewal that's happening in, in, in our children's center. We have our children's center that serves kids and families every day of the week. And, and the pandemic was so hard and so challenging on our teachers, on the leaders and that, on the families trying to make that all happen with all the regulations and whatnot. And, and our numbers are, you know, of, of kids and families are returning. We have 111 kids and their families that we serve each and every day of the week. Give a hand for that, for our children's center and what they do in that to, to bring renewal. God is doing a new thing. He's doing a new thing here. Do you not perceive it? Can you open your eyes to see what God is doing? And here's the thing. What do we do with that? When God says, do you not perceive it? I, I took that to mean like if I'm saying yes, yes, God, I perceive it. I believe God is saying that I want you to be a part of it. God always invites us to be a part of the new thing he's doing. He's doing it, but he's not just saying like, okay, now just sit back. He's saying, come and be a part of it. He's always inviting us to say, I want you to experience. And so that question, do you not perceive it? Yes. Yes, God, I perceive it. Now what are we going to do with that? And as we're in this Renew initiative and we're saying, God, you're doing a new thing in our church and you're moving us forward and we expect even greater things to come, what do you want us to do if we perceive it? I think he's saying, come and be a part of it. Come and join it. I want you to experience being a part of bringing renewal to others and, and doing that together. And so today I want to talk about what's that commitment look like. To say I'm invested. I want to be a part of that. And so today I do want to talk about the financial aspect of this. We, we're talking about raising $870,000. And I can't just call somebody up and say, you know, some, some organization or, you know, a national office saying, hey, could, we need $870,000. Please send it. You know where that's going to come from? <laughs> look around. <laughs> That's it. It's us. We are the ones who need to bring that. And so we look at that and, and say, all right, what do, we, what do we do with that? And I know when we talk about finances and the church, or, or, and you say, okay, there's a tension maybe that we feel. And maybe there's even this tension that we feel around raising this money, but somehow we're going to have to bring that together, and we need to talk about that. Now, it, it, uh, just um, this past week, I, let me retract. A couple of weeks ago, I asked our current church council leaders and former uh, council leaders and current staff to make their commitments early. I challenged them to say, look, if we're leading our church in this to do this, if we're leading the congregation, we need to lead, we need to show that we're serious about it, that we're invested in this. And so I asked them to make their commitments early. And, and just the teaser I'll share with you at the end of the message so they can dial in a little bit what that total is. But that means some of us as leaders, and, and my wife and I, we've had to already go through the, the process of making our decision. What is our commitment to this, this initiative over, over the next three years? We have these, um, you know, these, these brochures that explain all about what the initiative is, and there's this little tear-off section here that we are asking for you to bring back on November 6th and 13th, or in between during that week. And so as we're filling that out, going... What do we give? What can we do? What can we do for our first fruits offering on, on November 20th, our first and best gift? What, what can we make available on that day? And then what do we do over the next three years as we look at our budget, as we look at our, our income, as we look at what we can do? God, what would you have us give? And not to, re, to take giving that we normally give to the ministry, but in addition to, over and above. And let me just say, we don't want to, to take any money away from the regular giving that goes to our ministries. That is first and foremost. This is a request to give above and beyond that. And that tension comes. 
And we start going, and, and, and I'm sure you can fill in your blanks, but for us it was some of this. We've known this was coming, and even since the summer, we were on a family trip this summer, and didn't you know, while we're on our family trip, our, our refrigerator finally bit the dust. Nothing like coming home from a vacation that you just spent too much money on, right? And then you get a $2,000 refrigerator that you have to replace. That happened. Well, we took care of that. We go a couple weeks later, and all of a sudden it's feeling pretty warm in our house for a few days in a row. Yep. Air conditioner, kaput, completely done, had to get a whole new air conditioner. If you know what it costs to replace air conditioning units, yes, that, that hit us. Oh, then it was a couple more car repairs that were more significant than we had anticipated, driving some older cars, but to keep in maintenance of those, and so we took care of those. Then it was just a couple weeks ago, the dog that we had barely for a year started getting sick and um, took her to the vet, and you guys know what vet bills cost, and... Eventually, we decided and realized there's not much we can do for her, and then had to put her down, and there were expenses with all of that. And we're saying, man, this is like a country song, right? <laughs> I mean, I know it's, there's a lot worse things that can happen, but it's one of those things where we're looking financially. We keep wanting to, looking at this commitment we want to make and going, the dollars are just not always all there to make all that stuff happen. And, and so when it comes down to it, you go, okay, what do we, what do, we do with that? And then this past week, our microwave died, by the way, and I was on top of that. But I found a really good one on Facebook Marketplace, which is a great place to find used items for cheap. All right. Um, I'm not paid endorsed. I'll, if uh, Facebook wants to sponsor us, Meta, um, for this Renew initiative. All right. I digress. Uh, where was I? I was talking about this is being hard. So you may be feeling the tension. And it's interesting, even as we're looking at this campaign and the timing of this initiative and saying, wow, couldn't the economy be better than to do an you know, initiative like this? Your stocks are soaring, I bet, right now. You're probably looking to offload some, some extra dollars, right, in this economy. Thankfully, inflation is not an issue for us, and so, you know, dollars going a lot further these days. Gas isn't up. You know, right, we're in this moment, but the Bible doesn't say, God didn't say, see, I'm doing a new thing, but not in times of downturns in the economy. Not in times when the, when the stock market's not doing as well. I, I can't do a new thing during that time. God is always doing a new thing. And so we face this tension. God, how would we be a part of that? How can we perceive what you're doing? And how are you inviting us to be involved? Today I want to tell you a story and, and dive into a story that, that may be familiar to you if you've been in the church for a long time. Or even in culture, we know of the feeding of the 5,000. The story. And I, and I, and I think about the disciples in the story, and we'll dive into it a little bit more here, but I think Jesus was trying to teach them something to say, do you perceive it? I want you to see what I'm about to do. I want to do something new, and I want you to be involved, but I'm not sure that you get it. So let me help you see it. So let's dive into that story in Mark chapter 6, uh, verse 30, if you have your Bibles or your, uh, your Bible app on your phone. I'll have the scriptures on the screen as well. But here we read in Mark, Mark 6 that the disciples had been on a missionary journey. Jesus had sent them out to do work, and so they had come back, and they were tired. They were exhausted. They hadn't been, um, uh, we're not quite ready for that, for, for that verse yet there. I see, you, I could see you guys were reading. You were looking at me. You were looking at the screen. I can tell. I can see that stuff from up here. So the disciples were, were um, tired. They were exhausted, and they come to Jesus, and Jesus recognizes, and he says, okay, let's get away for a while to a quiet place, and let's get out on a boat, and, and you guys just need some rest. And so they get on the boat, and they go away, but you know what? People have seen, they saw Jesus. They saw the disciples and what he's been doing. By this point, crowds have been following by the masses, and so they were anticipating where they were going to dock, and the crowds met Jesus and the disciples where they landed on shore. 
And there were hundreds, there were thousands of them, and, and the disciples were like, oh, you got to be kidding me, <laughs> give us a break. And it, the scripture says Jesus had compassion on them, and he began to teach them. And so the disciples, and, and just being dutiful servants, they, they were like with Jesus, and he's doing the teaching, and now the day is getting later, it's getting, you know, time's going along, their stomachs are getting hungry, they're looking at the, their, their, their watches. They're wondering, is the service ever going to end? You know, kind of thing. That's where they're at. And so here's what we now pick up when you look at that verse, what the disciples faced. Late in the afternoon, his disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place, and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the nearby farms and villages and buy something to eat. This wasn't a day and age where you had streetlights where you had, you know, fast food restaurants, you know, galore, and people can get whatever. You couldn't just call the caterer. You couldn't have just, you know, Uber Eats deliver something there. The, the disciples are saying, this is a massive crowd. And Jesus looking at the time and them to get home. It's time to send them away. It's time to call it a night. It's done. Let's go home. We're hungry. We need to eat. And so go and, 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 and we, we just, we can't take care of them. So as I think about this story, and as we're going to see here, I want to make this first point here, and that's this. Sometimes there's just not enough. Sometimes there's just not enough. There was, the disciples didn't even think about feeding the, this crowd. There's just, you know, send them home, Jesus. There's, there's food that they need to get. They need to go somewhere else to do this. But they were worried about themselves. Jesus, we don't even have enough food for ourselves right now. we got to fend for ourselves tonight. What are we going to do? And so they have this idea. And here's the, the interesting thing. We always have a plan for how Jesus can solve our financial challenges. Did you notice that? Don't you? I always have a plan. I know exactly how Jesus will solve my financial plan challenges. And it usually has to do something along the lines of, man, if I could just get a raise, um, if I could just get a windfall, maybe somebody, I mean, I don't want a relative to die, but maybe there's an inheritance that comes my way, right? We have a plan like the lottery, Powerball, right? Oh, man, that, that, that would solve all of it. Jesus, this ticket, I'm faithful to you. I know all those other people are faithful too, but, but my lottery ticket, right? That's, good. That's my answer, God. That's the plan. We're going to renovate, and, and when I, the, our bathroom, and then when we you know, open and, and knock on the wall and take down the wall, we're going to find that the previous homeowner left $15,000 of cash stuffed in the wall. Jesus, Lord. Right? We always have a plan for how God will make the miracle fall from the sky. Jesus throws them for a loop. He has a plan, too. Mark six thirty-seven. But Jesus said, you feed them. I mean, just put yourself in that position. You feed them. Uh, Jesus, this doesn't really recognize, reconcile with my, my, my job, but Jesus is saying, I want you to take care of them. I want you to do this. And, and Jesus knows what he's doing in this moment. He knows he's making them very nervous. He's making them go, but, 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 we can't. We can't. You feed them. But Jesus, you feed them. And, then, and look at their response and as that verse goes on, verse 37. With what, they asked. We'd have to work for months to earn enough money to buy food for all these people. This is impossible. This is impossible. With what? How are we supposed to do this? See, we have a plan, and when Jesus calls on us, this is what we do. We focus on what we don't have. We focus on what we do have, don't have. With what? And they did the math, and if we did the math today, okay, 5,000 families, it said, if we're going to feed them a Chick-fil-A, $25, $35 a family times 5,000, we need $175,000 to feed these people. Uh, we're just starting out disciples. We're making a little bit more than, what are they making today? $15 an hour. Okay. We'd have to work for months to feed all these people. Still holds true today. They couldn't do it. We couldn't do it in this moment. 
And so they're doing the math. And when we do the math, we always see the human economy, don't we? That's what's so hard about finances and faith is we always see the human economy. We see math. We see numbers. And one plus one equals two. That's human economy. If I spend a dollar and I give it to you, then I don't have a dollar. Now I'm down to zero dollars, right? It's, it's just a one-to-one relationship. But, but Jesus is saying, ah, hold on. While we focus on what we don't have, Jesus focuses on what? On what we do have. He wants to refocus them. Focus on what you do have. Mark 6, 38. How much bread do you have, he asked. Go and find out. Go and find out. What he's asking them to do is to take an inventory. Take an inventory. Let's see what's available. Look at your life. Instead of saying, God, here's what I don't have, look around at what you do have. What has God given you? And not just financial, but what skills has he given you? What abilities has he given you? You live in a house. You may have an extra car. You've got a pantry full of food. You've got more than one pair of socks and a shirt, I'm sure. You've got all kinds of stuff. What do you have? Do an inventory. Take a look. And that's what he does. He sends them out, and he says, find out what you do have. They come back, and it says this. They came back and reported, we have five loaves of bread and two fish. You think they were embarrassed? to come back to Jesus. Uh, Here's all we have. (laughs) Five loaves of bread. There was this kid. He was going grocery shopping for his mom, and he was heading home. He stopped by, and so we raided his his backpack, and this is what we got, Lord. See, point made, right? Now can the people go home? Now can you send them there? This is not even enough for us right now. We can't feed all 12 of us, barely, you know, with with all this food. So so go, go ahead, Jesus. Send them home now. Woefully insufficient. And I think so many of us stop here with the story. Jesus, I don't have enough. You asked me to do an inventory. Here's what I have. See, I told you. We can't do it. But here's the second part, point. Surrender your not enough into Jesus' hands. So we start with not enough. But what Jesus is asking us, surrender it into Jesus' hands. So they're like, all right, well, here's our five bags of Wonder Bread and our two cans of tuna fish. <laughs> Go for it, Jesus. What can you do? We'll give you whatever we have. And so they surrendered everything they have. And that's the secret in God's economy. That's the secret in the kingdom economy is to surrender even are not enough. To surrender that to Jesus and say, okay, here, God, I put it into your hands. And that's why faith and finances is always such a spiritual step of growth. Because we can't sometimes seem to get over the human way of thinking about money and seeing in God's economy, things work different. Will we just trust him with that? Will we work in that area? How do we place it all into God's hands? Thinking about when Jesus saw the, the, he was at, at the temple and he was watching people put their money in the offering. And wasn't that interesting? It's like, how rude, Jesus, you're watching people. Is that even appropriate? Like watching people, what they put in the offering? Well, he did. He, he watched what they put in and uh, he saw the rich putting in and some money. And then he saw this poor widow who put in two coins. You could probably hear him clinking, clink, clink. And he tells his disciples, that woman, she gave more than all those wealthy. Those wealthy, they gave out of their surplus. They had extra. It didn't really hurt them. It didn't cost them as much. But she gave out of her poverty. She gave everything she had to live on. And he blessed her, and he blessed that moment, and, and saying, this is, this is what it looks like to be generous in the kingdom and to trust. And we just get stuck there. If I give what I have, then it's gone, right? But Jesus sees things differently. 
And when we talk about giving and tithing, it's talking about putting the first before God and saying, God, what can you do with this? Let me throw this in front of you here. God can't bless what we don't surrender to him. God can't bless what we don't surrender to him. Why can't he bless it? Because we don't, we're not asking him to. We're not inviting him into our finances. We're not inviting him into that part of our lives. We're saying, God, I will manage this part, and you do all the other spiritual stuff in my life. But when we surrender the first and the best of what we have, we invite God into the rest of it. The first and the best, and God will bless the rest. It's the way of we're saying we're trusting God. Even with my not enough God, I'm going to surrender to you what I can. I love this next part, and it's a verse that we can just read over and, and completely miss, and I did for a lot of years. Mark 6, 39. Then Jesus told the disciples to have the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of 50 or 100. I've never heard anyone make that their life verse or their inspirational verse. But there's something significant here. The disciples have just handed over these fish and, and these loaves, and now they think their point is made. Jesus should send the people home. There's not enough here. And instead, what Jesus says, all right, guys, actually take this crowd of 5,000 and start getting them into groups. If I'm one of the disciples, I'm thinking, Jesus, like, this is going to take forever. It's going to take more time. It's getting late. What do you want us to do? Why are we getting these people? All right, 50 over here, 100 over here, and you're going through and doing this. What, what's, what's going on here? <laughs> Point number three here, give Jesus your not enough and prepare for a miracle. Prepare for what God's going to do. Jesus is saying, get, get ready for it. I'm about to do a new thing. Do you not perceive it? Let me tell you what I'm about to do. I'm about to help you see it. And so get ready. Begin to prepare. This is faith and trust. Jesus is saying, set the table. Fish and chips are coming. I promise. Get these people ready for what I'm about to do. And so for us to begin to prepare for what God's going to do, that's a step of faith. God, what are you going to do? That's, that's, that's writing that, that resume, right? That's applying for that job. That's putting out some dollars and saying, God, I'm going I'm to trust you in this. I believe you're going to move. And I'm going I'm to live as though, God, you are moving and going to do something powerful. That is faith. And so they entrusted it into Jesus' hands and began to prepare for the miracle. We continue reading. Jesus took the five loaves and two fish, looked up toward heaven, and blessed them. Then, breaking the loaves into pieces, he kept giving the bread to the disciples so they could distribute it to the people. He also divided the fish for everyone to share. They all ate as much as they wanted. It's a miracle. It's a miracle, something unbelievable, something that had never been seen before. This happened. Number point four here. Jesus turns our not enough into enough for me and you. See, we're not even sure that we have enough for ourselves. But when we surrender, surrender to Jesus, he turns the not enough into enough for me and you. And so their disciples are experiencing this. And what I thought was interesting, it wasn't just that, that he ended up, you know, bread came from here or there. I don't even know how it happened. It doesn't describe it. But he divided it and broke it. It seemed like he was multiplying what was there. And that's what happens when we give and we surrender our resources to Jesus. We invite him into our finances, into our life. He begins to multiply what is there in a way that human math does not compute. It's a spiritual kingdom economy that God will take what little we have and it can go further with him than if we ever tried to on our own. Our blessing is to distribute bread we did not make, bake, or buy. I think this is a cool part of the story. This is where Jesus invites them in. He says, you surrender this fish, you surrender these loaves, and now what? You get to be part of the, the blessing of passing that out. 
It's like somebody going, here, here's a, here's a wad of $100 bills. Go and bless other people. It was kind of interesting. We had some free uh, mums that we were giving away this week. Uh, I don't know if uh, that one of, the, one of the nurseries was given, had like extra mums, and so we set them out here, and, and we're, we're giving them away, and I, I pulled up here on a Friday, and there was this gentleman from the, uh, that I didn't even recognize. He was, it looked like he was like out there helping people, and I was like, he's not from our church, and I walked, uh, I drove up to him, and I said, um, what are you, uh, I, hi, I'm, I'm Mark, and he's like, oh yeah, I live right over here in the apartments, and uh, I noticed you guys were like, people were coming up, getting mums, were asking about it, and I heard you're giving them away, so man, we just got to spread the love. We just got to share the love, so I'm out here just helping people. And he's like out there, I got a real nice mom over here for you. Um, can I help you out with that? And he, he was like, we got to do a good thing. These are moms he didn't buy, he didn't pay for. But he was having a blast passing them out, blessing people coming by. And I was like, thank you. He's a represent. I invited him. He's not here today, are you? Um, but, I mean, it's, it's so cool. I mean, this is what the disciples, they get to, to, to bless other people. As Jesus said, freely you have received, freely give. And that's the joy, that's the blessing we get. I, I gave you my not enough, and now there's enough for me and for other people. And, and they're passing it on, and they're, they're blessing other people. And that would be cool enough. That would be cool enough to stop right there and go like, dude, that's awesome. That's awesome what Jesus did. But isn't it just like Jesus? He's not done yet. He's not done yet. Matthew 6, 43. They all ate as much as they wanted, and afterward... The disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftover bread and fish. A total of 5,000 men and their families were fed. 12 baskets, right? How many disciples are there? How many baskets are there? How many disciples are there? All right, well, hmm, interesting. I wonder what's going on here. Jesus generously provides more than enough. He provides leftovers. Leftovers! I mean, to the point where you started with not enough, and now you had enough to pass out to everyone. Now you even have leftovers. What is Jesus doing? He's telling them, guys, you were so worried, but I wanted you to be a part of the new thing I'm doing. And here's 12 baskets, one for each of you to carry. And I can just imagine them carrying the baskets they're eating. They're going, oh, man, what a day. As they're having their conversation, as they're thinking about what happened. Remember this morning and this afternoon, people were like starving. We're like, go home. We can't feed you. Jesus was like, go get some, you know, do an inventory. And we're like, there comes Andrew with like, Five loaves of bread and two fish. How embarrassing was that? And then we're like, see Jesus? And I mean, just, minds are blown. What is God doing? When we trust him with these things, Jesus generously provides more than enough. He provides the leftovers. In 2 Corinthians, it says this, and God will generously provide all you need, but this, then you will always have everything you need and what? Plenty left over to share with others. This is kingdom math. This is God's economy. This is how it works when we surrender our not enough into his hands. And here's the way we summarize this. Our not enough placed in Jesus' hands becomes enough for us to share with others with even more than enough left over for us. We move from not enough to enough to more than enough. Do we trust Jesus? So let me ask you, what are you going to do with your not enough? You're going to continue to try to manage it on Robin Hood? You're going to continue to try to figure it out, or are you going to trust God? Say, God, you got to take my not enough, and I want to, I want to be part of what you're doing. I want to perceive it. I want to see it. God, I want, to, I want to be involved in it. I want to hand out and pass out bread I didn't make, bake, or buy. God, I just want to be a part of this. As you look at your not enough, are you looking at what you don't have? 
Or are you looking at what you do have, what God has blessed you with, what opportunities and what family and what, what things you have around you? That God has blessed us in so many ways. How can we share that with others? And as we look at this Renew Initiative, I want you to prepare for a miracle. Like the, Jesus saying, get into groups of 50 or 100. Prepare for a miracle. That's, that's what we did when we created these brochures. This was, uh, this was preparing for a miracle. <laughs> we didn't say, let's just uh, ask the congregation and see what kind of money comes out, and then we'll do whatever we can. We're preparing. We're, we're making the plan. We're believing this is what's going to happen, just like this church did over the last 50 years. Every time they made a plan, let's build an A-frame on Bethel Road. Now let's do an expansion and come over here. Now let's build and add that extra part. Let's make a plan. Let's put it in front of the congregation. God, we're believing that you're guiding us. Here's the plan. We're believing in a miracle. Take our not enough and make it enough. Do something amazing. And God has done it faithfully time and time again. Isaiah says this, But generous people plan to do what is generous, and they stand firm in their generosity. This isn't just the let's see what happens. It's a making a plan. That's what we're asking for in your renewed commitment. To make, make a plan and then stand firm in that. God, I'm going to do what is generous. I'm going to stand in that and I'm going to watch what happens when we do that. And so in this next week, we're asking you to really be praying about your commitment and asking God to give you joy and courage. And even if there's a little bit of you know, fear and trepidation of what you're doing, you know, God, is this possible? Hold on to these words and trust God to see what he can do when we bring our not enough together. God's doing a new thing. Do you not perceive it? He's doing it. And he's going to continue to do it. You know, when I look at this challenge, even of what we want to do, again, financially in this, for this project, I, I don't know, maybe there's somebody here who can just write the check and do the whole thing, but as far as I'm aware, it's, uh, it's going to take all of us. Not any one of us has enough to say, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do, you know, it's going to take all of us. No matter how much Shannon and I have sacrificed, we can't do this on our own, but God's going to bring it together. When I ask the leaders to step forward, to make that challenge, to say, all right, let's make our commitment early. I want to share with the church, as you guys are making, and as we as a whole are making our commitment, what is that? And the leaders step forward, and of our $870,000 total, they have committed $363,000 already. 25, 25 leaders and their families. 25 leaders and their families, $363,000. That's already over 40% of our total. Meadow Park, can we bring this home? Can we bring this home? Can we follow that lead? Can we do that and say, God, I'll bring my not enough. You bring your not enough. I brought my not enough. And somehow our not enough is going to be more than enough. And it's going to be more than enough to cover us and whatever else needs. And I believe there's going to be some leftovers. I don't just want to meet this barely. I want some leftovers. You guys want some leftovers? I love leftovers. Leftovers are good leftovers make it go further and so let's allow God to do something in us let him let's prepare for the miracle of what God wants to do so this week would you look at what you have and as God asks this question do you perceive what I'm doing I'm doing a new thing when we open our eyes to see all around us the evidence of what God is doing the work that he's bringing in us and just celebrate that together let's pray heavenly father I love this story I loved hearing it as a kid, but Lord, as I dive into it deeper as an adult and just see the nuances in it, how you saw an opportunity with this crowd to do a miracle, to do something amazing, but God, to do a work in the disciples' lives too. A story that they never forgot of how you multiplied 
of how you challenged their faith, of how you did something amazing, and, all, and the people and the crowds, the blessing that, that just went out in such a great way. Father, I pray for our church. I thank you for the legacy and the story that's been lived out here of faithfulness for the year, through the years. And Lord, I pray for a great harvest, a great opportunity for us to reach others, to share the hope, to share the love, to just be generous in that, to create a place and a space where hope is found, where life is shared, where joy is present, where peace is found, where wholeness is there, where relationships are restored. God, continue to move, continue to bring renewal and open our eyes to fully see you working. And Lord, as we make these commitments, God, we just, we hold them out to you. We surrender them to you. We put, place them in your hands. And Father, we ask for a great work here among this church. We love you, Lord. And Father, as I pray and I think about those in this room, those listening online, Father, this is so much more than about a building, God. It's what you're doing in our hearts. It's what you're doing to change lives. And the greatest renewal that you ever do, God, is in the human heart. And so, Father, may we surrender even what we think is not enough in our own soul, our own strength, our own sinfulness, our own fallenness. God, we just, we just give you what we can. And, Father, you come and you blow a fresh wind and new life into each of us. Father, may we just invite you into our lives in a fresh way to do a new thing. Help us to see it. Help us to perceive it. And, God, help us to be a part of it and to live it out. We commit ourselves to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.